You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this Film Friday episode here at Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day here, every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. Today's episode is brought to you by NFL Game Pass. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay an entire game and catch all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games, go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. For our final show and final preview episode this week, we'll start off with the injury report updates. Marcus Davenport back to DNP with yet another injury, and some Saints fans want to know whether or not it's getting to be time to move on. We'll discuss. Then we'll break down the film from the Lions' first three games and look at the Saints as well, starting on the offensive side for the Detroit Lions. We'll talk about what they like to do and how the Saints can stop it. Then we'll jump over to the Detroit defense, where I think that New Orleans has probably the most favorable matchup that they've seen so far this season. There's real potential for an important bounce back game here in Detroit. So we'll talk about how the Saints could secure that W on Sunday afternoon. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter and editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com. And your Tuesday co-host over at Locked On NFL. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. The New Orleans Saints and Detroit Lions released their newest injury reports Thursday afternoon. And for Saints fans, there's some disappointing news around Marcus Davenport as he came back on Wednesday, but was back out on Thursday with a new injury. We'll talk about that as well as all of the other injuries to update you on. Here is our Locked On Saints lead story of the day today with Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. The Saints had four, did not participate in their practice on Thursday. Andrus Pete and Jared Cook, no change for them. Both of them listed as DNP on Wednesday. Same deal on Thursday. Marshawn Lattimore went from limited to did not practice from Wednesday to Thursday. He's dealing with a hamstring injury, which I'm actually pretty comfortable around this idea because Marshawn Lattimore has dealt with the hamstring injury several times before. This is a nagging injury of his something he knows how to navigate. So I'm not too entirely concerned, but we'll see what Friday's injury report looks like, of course. And then a familiar name on this year's injury reports and a name that Saints fans want to talk about right now, which is Marcus Davenport. The defensive end had missed three games already with an elbow injury where it was expected he was only going to be out for maybe one or two of those games in that they didn't put him on that short-term injured reserve, which would have allowed him to be off the roster for three weeks. Well, now he's missed all three weeks with the elbow injury, and then now he comes back to limited on Wednesday, but then ended up as a DNP or did not participate, did not practice on Thursday with a new injury now, a toe injury that Coach Payton called a tweak. This is one that Saints fans will obviously keep a close eye on, as well as Detroit Lions fans, of course, because having Marcus Davenport is better than not having Marcus Davenport. And that's one of the reasons why I don't really get behind the talk that the team needs to move on from Marcus Davenport or that he's a bust or anything like that, because when he's on the field, he performs extremely well. We'll talk about that here in just a second. The issue is the things that he can't control, which is injuries. And it stinks. It absolutely stinks. And we've seen a toe injury keep Marcus Davenport out of games before. Remember, it was the it was what led to him missing three games, essentially four games because he was injured during a game 
in 2018, his rookie season, he had the turf toe injury that kept him out for a large portion of midseason. And then, of course, last year, he had the Liz Frank injury. Now he's dealing with an elbow injury and maybe the same toe injury, maybe a different toe injury. Either way, not a good look for Marcus Davenport, who's been trying to fight his way back out on the field. And when I talk about the optimism around Marcus Davenport, it's because of the way that he produces and the context that comes with his production. We have 10 and a half sacks from him so far over his career, over the two years, having only played 13 games in each season so far. So he's already missed nine games of his career. So his development might be a little bit behind, but his production comes with context. Of those 10 and a half sacks, four sacks on third or fourth down, four sacks that resulted in a fumble. This guy's a drive ender, and he's the only drive ender that the Saints have on the defensive line because Cam Jordan will get you sacks. Don't get me wrong. I know we haven't seen a ton of production from him so far this season, but he's working to get back healthy, all that other stuff after his offseason surgery. But he doesn't force a lot of fumbles. That's something that we've always talked about with him when we talk about, hey, he's going to get you know, to that place where he's over 100 sacks. Is that going to make him sort of Hall of Fame worthy conversation, all that good stuff? But he's not forcing, he doesn't force a ton of turnovers. Marcus Davenport is a part of that group. He does force those turnovers. He forces those fumbles. He makes those sacks on third and fourth down. He ends drives. And that's something that the Saints don't have right now and something that the Saints need. So that's where my optimism comes from when it comes to Marcus Davenport is the context around his production and the sort of additional level, additional layer that he adds to the defensive line and this team that wants to generate more takeaways and hasn't done so so far through the first three games of the season. Now, the where I do have a big question mark for when it comes to Marcus Davenport is what his future looks like in New Orleans. Now, he has the last year of his rookie deal next year, but then he has the fifth year option potential for 2022. And the reason why I bring that up is because do you pick up that fifth year option if you're the New Orleans Saints? Let's talk a little bit about what that price tag sounds like. So the fifth year option is broken down. If you're drafted in the top 10 of the first round, then that fifth year option is paid out amongst the average of top 10 at the position. Fortunately for the Saints, Marcus Davenport was drafted 14th overall. So he falls into the bottom portion of the fifth year option because he falls from 11 to 32. So that is the average of the third through 25th contract at his position, third through 25th highest paid contract at his position. We can't calculate that because it has to be calculated from his fourth year, which is next year. But we can look at Shaq Lawson, who was drafted 19th overall, and he his option would have been picked up for this year. Had the Bills picked up his option, he would have been paid $9.451 million. So two years down the road, you have to imagine that picking up the fifth-year option on Marcus Davenport means paying him over $10 million for that year. And are you willing to pay him double digits for that season, for that fifth-year option, if you know you're probably not going to get him on the field for 16 games? I think that that might be the biggest question left when it comes to Marcus Davenport's future to answer. A couple more updates over on the injury report here. Janoris Jenkins was elevated from did not practice with an illness to limited with a shoulder injury. That shoulder injury would have limited him had he been able to practice on Wednesday, but he was ill. And then David Onyemata is elevated to full. Michael Thomas and Chase Hansen remain limited. There's optimism that Michael Thomas might play against Detroit, which would be a humongous benefit for the Saints to get Michael Thomas back. But even if they don't get him back, I'm not too worried about that. And we'll talk about that in the third segment a bit, because this Detroit defense is a really good matchup for the Saints. And I wouldn't mind seeing Drew Brees take this opportunity or get this opportunity to continue to build rhythm with the other receivers on the team before Michael Thomas comes back and could be a huge game. Alvin Kamara yet again. But before we get to that later on, we're going to talk next about the Detroit Lions offense. What is it that the Detroit Lions like to do and how can the Saints stop it? We'll have that coming up for you next year on Locked on Saints, your team every day. 
Watching a New Orleans Saints team try to operate without Michael Thomas definitely lets you know that this football season will be different. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for the game, no matter how you watch this season. It's weird. Like, we're not going to stadiums. We're not able to go and watch the Saints play. So a lot of us are watching from home. And Pepsi is a refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talents that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Y'all are very familiar with our friends over at Built Bar. Now they have a new product called Built Go. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. They sent me some samples for this, and this stuff just helped me break through every wall that I needed to break through. Y'all know how hard I grind, how hard I work, and sometimes I hit that wall, energy, motivation, things like that. Whatever your wall might be, Built Go is going to help you break through it. So break through your wall with Built Go, which you can grab over at BuiltGo.com. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein, which is fast absorbing, gets into your system fast, and is super easy on your stomach. They've also got everything that you need to ignite your work and to keep you going strong as well. B12, B6, 10,000% of your daily needed percentage. They're fantastic. It promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health as well. So not only does it give you the energy that you need, but it also helps you even look better. And they're in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. Go to builtgo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D. You're going to get 30% off of your next order. Use promo code LOCKED to get 30% off at builtgo.com. Let's go. All right, Huda Nation, as always, thank you very much for joining me here over at Locked on Saints. Ross Jackson here at Ross Jackson NOLA. Make sure you go and check out if you're an LSU Tiger fan. Don't stop here. Once you're done with this episode, go over to Locked on LSU. Matt Moscona getting you ready for LSU and what will hopefully be an absolute just decimation of Vanderbilt this weekend. So go and check him out. Matt Moscona over at Locked on LSU. And if you're looking for some stuff over on the Pelicans, you can go to Locked on Pelicans as well. Jake Madison taking you through a little bit of the world of the uh, coaching search for the New Orleans Pelicans as Doc Rivers looks to be headed elsewhere. So go ahead and check them out, Locked on Pelicans, Locked on LSU. And as always, thank you very much for being here with Locked on Saints. If you're not already subscribed, I ask you please take a moment to do so. Five-star rating and review, always helpful. I appreciate y'all uh, for coming through and for showing all your support as we continue to grow the show here. So let's get to the business. So we talked a little bit, uh, as we do every Friday, about uh, you know what this opposing offensive defense looks like. But now let's let's get into the film. Let's dig a little bit deeper here. So couple little things to keep an eye out on for the uh, for the Detroit Lions injury-wise as we go through this. Over on the offensive side, rookie tight end Hunter Bryant is injured, and that's the only offensive uh, injury for the for the uh, the Detroit Lions. And so we'll we'll hit the defensive ones in our next segment, but not a huge effect right now. It's a lot of health <laughs> for Detroit right now over on the offensive side, but they've had some shuffles around in their offensive line. So outside of their center and then probably their left tackle, Eric Decker, there's not really a lot of continuity amongst the offensive line, which is good news for Cam Jordan as he looks to get back into rhythm and continue here, but could be a big matchup, whether it's Trey Hendrickson over at that left tackle, or excuse me, right defensive end taking on the left tackle position, or it's Carl Granderson over there, or potentially Marcus Davenport, though I'm getting kind of doubtful about it at this point on a Friday that, you know, he was DMP yesterday, so we'll see what happens. But it's that's where it's going to be a little bit tougher but getting David Onyemata back full in practice is going to be a really big benefit for the Saints and and specifically the reason why is because of what Detroit likes to do Detroit wants to run the ball over on the offensive side and they don't get their receiving backs carry on Johnson or DeAndre Swift 
as involved as they maybe should over on the offensive side. But of course, they've got Adrian Peterson, former Saints legend, Adrian Peterson, who was traded after three weeks to the Arizona Cardinals for fourth round pick. But you have Adrian Peterson over there who's still going to run hard, who is still, you know, I, I made a joke on Twitter the other day that I would love and can't wait. I would say that I can't wait to tell my kids about Adrian Peterson and Frank Gore when they get old enough, but they'll probably just be able to watch them play on Sunday still anyway, because these guys are going to be playing forever. And so that's where Detroit wants to start. They want to start on the ground, they want to run the ball, and then they want to set up their play action. They love to run play action. You're not going to see as much in terms of the uh, the bootleg action, which the Saints really struggled against against the Raiders and, of course, against the Packers. You're not going to see as much of that. I'm sure you're going to see it, but you're not going to see them run that as successfully as a mobile Aaron Rodgers can, for instance, with Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford's going to want to stand in the pocket. He's going to want to have his feet planted. He's going to want to square up, and he's going to want to throw these passes deep down the field. That's where Matthew Stafford wants to go. That's where they like to go. A little bit less of the congestion in the middle of the offense in their route running and in their scheme. It's more so about trying to beat you on the perimeter and then having a couple of outlets here and there for Matthew Stafford. So you'll see them want to go deep a lot in this game. And especially with what the Saints defense put on film last week, you have to imagine that they're going to try to take advantage of what looks like it could be a hampered Saints cornerback tandem in particular with, you know, Marshall Lattimore not having practice on Thursday with a hamstring injury, with Janoris Jenkins being limited with a shoulder injury. Obviously, Janoris Jenkins has been the more consistent of the two cornerbacks right now. Janoris Jenkins allowing around a 55 passer rating when targeted. Marshall Lattimore allowing a perfect 158.3 passer rating so far. So you have to imagine that you see some improvement out of him soon as the margin for improvement isn't going to take much to stop giving up a perfect passer rating uh, to opposing quarterbacks. But, you know, if either one of these guys aren't able to go, then that's a pretty big deal for the Saints who don't have a lot of depth over the outside. You can put P.J. Williams out there, but we've seen that result. You can put Patrick Robinson out there, but we've seen that result. You've got Justin Hardy, who actually had a really good camp there at the cornerback position. Could he be somebody that steps in? And then, of course, the Saints, I'm not even going to mention the guy that they brought back to the practice squad. I, I can't see, I don't want to see that happening. But Keith Washington, who had a standout camp, six interceptions in camp as well. He could be somebody that ends up getting promoted on game day as one of the two practice squad members that gets promoted. So when you look at what Detroit likes to do, they want to try to confuse you by running different levels concepts, but they're not so concerned with going crossing routes over the out, I'm sorry, over the middle. They want to get to the outside. They want to attack the perimeter. It doesn't necessarily mean deep perimeter only, but it also means, you know, uh, tight ends that are running out routes, tight ends that are running over routes to get, you know, the to get across the field, but not necessarily crossing with a combined crossing route or anything like that, like you would see from the Saints offense and like you saw from the Green Bay Packers offense. So it is going to be a little bit different what you're going to see from Detroit than what you've seen the Saints struggle against over these past couple of games. And that could be actually beneficial for the Saints. There's a reason that the Detroit Lions, as we observed on Wednesday, struggle against cover three, and it's because that's where they want to throw the ball. And the Saints have had some trouble in cover three here recently, but if they're able to man up knowing where it is that they want to throw the ball, again, the Saints playing cover one 32% of the time, then they need to be, you know, they need to be able to win their one-on-ones with the safety help over the top, of course, but you know where they want to attack. There's a reason they've struggled against cover three, and it's because cover three takes away what it is that they want to do down the field at the perimeter. And of course, in the middle portion of the field, or at least the intermediate portion of the field toward the sidelines as well. So that's where you're going to want to see the Saints really step up their defense. And a big part of that is also going to be winning at the line of scrimmage. Winning at the line of scrimmage is going to be incredibly important for this game because A, it would be a huge statement for the Saints defensive line and a big confidence boost 
to be able to do that against an offensive line that they are better than. This offensive line already giving up nine sacks so far this season. Matthew Stafford not helping himself because he's holding the ball, again, waiting for those perimeter routes to open up, which just take longer. They develop down the field. He's holding on to the ball, as Matt Derry and I talked about yesterday on the crossover episode. So they're going to put the Saints in position. They're going to give the Saints everything that they need to be effective in the pass rush and therefore effective down the field and on the back end as a defense as well. But it's all going to start in the running game with Adrian Peterson. That's where Demario Davis, Alex Anzalone, and if the Saints ever play a third running, I'm sorry, a third linebacker more than three times on defense, whoever that third linebacker might be as well. So that's what you're going to want to look for. The attack of the running game, which is going to be power up the middle with Adrian Peterson. He's not going to beat you around the corner like he used to. It's going to be very different than the Adrian Peterson that we're accustomed to when he was wearing you know, a Vikings jersey, but they're going to try to run up the gut. They're going to try to bruise you. They're going to try to punish you in the running game, and then they're going to look to air it out in the passing game, particularly attacking the perimeters, which have been weak for the Saints so far, but hopefully that's able to step up. And certainly we'll keep an eye on these injuries for the Saints, which will be a big portion of that too. Seeing your cornerback tandem, your top two corners there, both on the injury report, at least one of them's limited. Don't get me wrong with Janoris Jenkins, but not the uh, most, let's say, comfortable feeling in the world. So that's what we're looking at for the Lions offense. Now let's talk about the defensive matchup for the Saints. How does the Saints offense match up against the Lions defense? And I got to tell you, it's a favorable matchup for them. And I look forward to seeing it. So we have that coming up for you next year on Locked on Saints, your team every day here on the Locked on Podcast Network. And don't forget that today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Everything that you could ever need for your vehicle and more, all at one website that you can get to from your couch, from your desk, from your kitchen while you're cooking, on your phone, however it is that you want to do it. You can even go to, if you need to go to one of those brick and mortar stores, I would say go and then also bring up Rock Auto on your phone and price check everything and just look at the massive difference in prices and how much money you can save by going to rockauto.com. They've got everything you can need for your vehicle and more. They're a family business as well. They've been helping auto parts customers for over 20 years online. So go ahead and be a part of that number. Jump in rockauto.com. Get anything you need. You can sort it out by make, model, and the part, and then you get a bunch of different options for that. And again, at the fraction of the price is what you're going to get from one of those stores that you can drive to and all that good stuff. So go ahead and check them out. Get it delivered straight to your door, rockauto.com. Don't forget to let them know that we sent you by writing locked on in the how'd you hear about us section, rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts that your car will ever need. All right, Houdat Nation, welcome back to today's episode of Locked on Saints here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week covering your New Orleans Saints. We're finishing up our final preview of the Saints heading to Motown, the Motown showdown, the showdown in Motown for the New Orleans Saints. We're looking for a big bounce back game. Like, let's be real. This isn't necessarily like a must win game, but you feel much better about the Saints at two and two coming out of here than you do about them being at one and three. There's still reason to be confident, right? We have to remember the Tennessee Titans who aren't as good a team as the Saints or weren't as good a team last year as the Saints are this year in terms of personnel and, and, and talent on paper. They started off two and four last year, went to the AFC Championship game. So the Saints aren't ever really ruled out until they're mathematically ruled out, at which point I hope we see a bunch of Taysom Hill and a bunch of Jameis Winston. But if, if that, you know, if they get mathematically ruled out in the playoffs, but for right now, like this is still, this isn't really like a must win game for at, at all, but it's certainly going to change the perception of their season through the first quarter. Like I personally will feel much better with them at two and two than one and three. I think any, any Saints fan would. And a lot of that starts over on improving the defensive side, which we just talked about how the defense matches up with the Detroit Lions offense. But now we're looking over at the other side because the other side is important too. how this Saints offense matches up 
with the Detroit defense because there's a world in which this becomes a shootout. Remember the last time that these two teams met, there's absolute fireworks between Matthew Stafford and Drew Brees. That one ended up going for a final score of 52 to 38. Remember all the turnovers. You had punt returns for a touchdown. You had a Cam Jordan interception for a touchdown. You had the sack fumble from Alex Okafor and Kenny Vaccaro at that time. Like It was a wild, wild game. And I don't know that you're necessarily going to see that type of scoring in this game, but you could see this one go up into you know the 30s, high 20s, things like that for both of these teams, because both of these teams want to score points. And the Saints are looking to get back in rhythm. And even though they haven't been in rhythm, they're still averaging 29.3 points per game. They were aided, of course, by a pick six in the opening week. Let's not forget that. And let's keep that in context. But even still, the Saints offense is still putting up points. They're still scoring 30 points, even though Drew Brees' accuracy, ball placement, being able to throw players open, his playmaking ability looks a little shaky right now. That's going to improve, I would imagine. And, and you have to imagine that it's going to improve against this defense in particular, because you look at Desmond Trufant, who's their starting corner that or one of their starting corners that the Saints are very familiar with. And if Michael Thomas is back, the matchup between Michael Thomas and Desmond Trufant historically has proven very positive for Michael Thomas. You look at Jeffrey Okuda, who's an extremely good talent, drafted number three overall in this draft, but still a rookie. And he struggled in his first game coming in into week two, played a little bit better against Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals last week in Arizona. But now you're going up against a veteran Hall of Fame quarterback. You're going up against you know two veteran wide receivers. Like No matter what happens, Jeffrey Okuda is either lined up across from Michael Thomas if he's healthy or he's probably lined up against Emmanuel Sanders, or they're going to game plan one of those guys to be matched up with Jeffrey Okuda that they feel comfortable about and taking advantage of the young corner. So that matchup between wide receiver to corner in particular, you can talk about the secondary as well, but they've got two pretty nice safeties in Deron Harmon and Tracy Walker. But when you look at the, the, the matchup immediately between the wide receivers and the corners, whether Michael Thomas is healthy or not, there's a lot of benefit there for the Saints. Now, there's potential that they're going to be without Jared Cook, but we saw the Saints really lean on Adam Troutman in that receiving tight end role. So wouldn't mind seeing that. And it could also mean more receiving opportunities in line as a tight end for, Tay- uh, for Taysom Hill, which is where you really want to see him affecting the game. Again, last year, by this time, through three full games with a start to finish Drew Brees, he already had two touchdowns and 75 receiving yards on six catches. This year, he's got two catches for, what, 15 yards, something like that. It- it- it's not the same. It's not working in terms of where they have him and what they have him doing so far. It's where they're really utilizing him under center, but he's running the ball every time that he is under center or at least behind center, right? Because he'll be in shotgun sometimes too. So I think that those are the things that you'll start to see iron out this week against the secondary and against this defense. This Detroit Lions defense and Matt Patricia, they want to play a New England style defense. They're going to try to rush four, drop seven, rush three, drop eight into coverage. They want to take away your passing game. The problem for them (laughs) is that while they're busy trying to take away your passing game, they're also allowing 172 yards per game, 30th in the NFL on the ground. The Saints, don't know if you heard of them, are bringing in two very talented running backs in Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray, I expect, could have a bigger game than what we've seen from him over the last couple of games. That doesn't necessarily mean that he gets a ton of carries. He might not out carry uh, Alvin Kamara, but it would make sense if he did. But either way, I think that his yardage total is going to be pretty, pretty good here. Like I would take the over on 70 yards for Latavius Murray. I'm not recommending that you do that. I am not here to give you gambling advice. I'm just saying it seems like a good matchup and a good opportunity for Latavius Murray to rack up some yards. And I think you're going to see the same thing from Alvin Kamara. Now you're going to see Jamie Collins over on the defensive side, who of course is very athletic. He's very smart. He can take plays away. You're going to see a really nice matchup between him and Alvin Kamara, but 
they're the Saints are going to do a lot to alleviate or or try to take Alvin Kamara out of the situations where Jamie Collins is guarding him. And I'm not gonna and I'm not gonna lie. How long is Jamie Collins really going to be able to hang with Alvin Kamara, especially with the way that he's playing so far this season? I'm not confident in that at all. I mean, I'm confident from a Saints fan perspective, but if I'm Matt Patricia, if I'm Jamie Collins, if I'm a Detroit Lions fan, I'm not putting my money on Jamie Collins limiting Alvin Kamara's effectiveness all of a sudden. Like, I just, I don't see that happening. Now, it'll be interesting to see exactly how the Saints utilize these matchups because there are a lot of places where the Saints have the plus have the, the good side of this matchup. They've got the good side in the, the run game because of how much coverage, how much passing attack the Detroit Lions want to take away from you. This is what they did to Green Bay. Green Bay came in and they, they had their matchup and the, or, or they traveled to Green Bay, whatever it was. And Detroit dropped eight every play, right? They tried to, t- you know, they rushed three, dropped eight, rushed four, dropped seven, whatever. They tried to take away coverage. And then uh, Aaron Jones went off for 180 yards or whatever rushing like he did like it was it was a wild game because Detroit just said you're going to beat us on the ground and Green Bay said all right cool and the New Orleans Saints have the absolute ability to do that because you're not just talking about Alvin Kamara simply getting handoffs as a part of the run game or Latavius Murray simply getting handoffs as a part of the run game you're also going to see some of those passes out to the flat the extension of the run game type passes that the Saints like to do, that Drew Brees is very comfortable with and might be more comfortable with and throwing the ball more than five yards down the field, right? So when you look at what this is, and that's just me making a joke, I think that this would be a good opportunity for Drew Brees to spread the ball out and to attack 10, 15 yards down the field as he gets a little bit more comfortable. But we'll see exactly how they go because they might not need to in this game. Drew Brees might not have a ton of yards in this game and he might not look good on like a box score, quote quotation marks, look good on a box score because he might have less than 300 yards, but he might also get four passing touchdowns because they work their way uh, through the ground in the red zone and then he strikes from there or they work their way through the game in the red zone and then he throws something to the flat to Alvin Kamara and Alvin Kamara turns it into a touchdown. I mean, Alvin Kamara was asked, what is it that this is, I think Amy just had asked this question, what was it that you saw on the 52 yard catch and run for the touchdown? And he said, the end zone, mic drop, done. Like, that's what the what the uh, mentality for this game has to be for the Saints is that they're ready to run the score up. They're ready to strike in every opportunity that they get. They want to turn red zone opportunities into touchdowns. They want to convert those into seven points. This is a great matchup for the Saints defense up against the um, the Detroit. I'm sorry, the Saints offense up against the Detroit defense. The Detroit defense wants to drop all these people in the coverage. They also want to play a lot of man coverage. So the Saints utilizing crossing routes over the middle, they'll eat off of that because those crossing routes naturally create separation. They give you everything that you need. Drew Brees just has to spot throw a ball. There's the spot that that receiver is running to. That's where I'm throwing the ball. I'm not throwing the ball to him. I'm throwing the ball to where I want him to go. That's going to naturally create separation because you're going to see a lot of trail technique. You're going to see a lot of man coverage. So you should see a boost in the passing game in terms of accuracy, ball placement, things like that. Again, you might not see a ton of yards because of the run game, but the Saints offense has a really, really positive matchup here against the Detroit Lions. If the Saints lose this game, it's because the offense didn't take advantage of the opportunity that they have. And then the defense played, you know, any, anything less than average. That's all that it's going to take. The Saints need to do better than that. The Saints have to be above average on defense or the offense has to put up points. One of the two. I think you can see that. But if the Saints were to lose this game, that's why if they win this game, it's because they take advantage of the matchups that they have available to them continue to be meticulous, continue to be, you know, continue to push the precision and develop and just for one week, just not even just for one week, but starting this week, just execute, just execute, execute, execute. And um, I think that that will get you a win on Sunday at noon. 
for the Saints to improve to 2-2 two and two against the Detroit Lions. So, all right, y'all, that is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Saints. Remember, we will be back next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You might get the Monday episode a little early. I might drop it like right after the game or, or soon after the game, a couple hours after the game on Sunday. Uh, just kind of get immediate initial reactions in. You can also check out the Houdat Confessional show on YouTube as well. We'll be live right after the game there, and then I'll record. So you'll get all that coming through. Uh, as always, I thank you very much for supporting me, supporting all of the incredible local work that we have going on and independent work that we have going on here in Louisiana, and, or rather throughout Louisiana. And I appreciate, as always, all of y'all for coming through. I will see you on Monday. Have a safe weekend. Enjoy the game. Who dat? Once again, I'm Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. If you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe. Drop that five-star rating and review. I thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints and Trust Who Dat Nation. I'll holla at you.